quote, regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Uh, and uh, for uh, Keith Oberman, if he's watching, you know, um, <clears throat> to keep, yeah, means to own. I don't know what it is that has uh, caused so many folks on the left over the past uh, 24 hours or so to uh, try to insist once again that the Second Amendment doesn't actually protect an individual right to keep and bear arms. Uh, not only Keith Holberman suggesting this, but uh, Josh Marshall of Talking Points Memo. Just a reminder, he said on uh, social media, the Second Amendment doesn't protect a right to keep and bear arms. It's just an invention of the gun lobby. Uh which is not the case. I mean, not only do we have the clear text of the Second Amendment itself, but, you know, what was it, 46 state constitutions also protect the right to keep and bear arms. And, of course, uh, throughout our nation's history, uh, there have been very few attempts to actually completely ban firearms. Uh, really, I mean, the only places that have ever tried to enact a, a ban on an entire class of firearms, like, say, handguns, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. Uh, and, of course, the Supreme Court ruled in the uh, Heller decision that those bans did, in fact, violate the Constitution. So, sorry, Josh, it's uh, not an invented right. No, no, it's a right that's actually exercised by 100 million Americans. Uh, I would argue, you know, look, even if, even if you want to say that uh, the Second Amendment did not originally protect an individual right to keep their arms, which I disagree with, the left loves the idea of a living constitution, doesn't it? That it changes and evolves over time. Well, I would argue that under a living constitution theory, the Second Amendment also protects the right to keep and bear arms. Again, we have 100 million Americans uh, who are gun owners. We have more than 20 million Americans who are concealed carry holders. 42 states have shall issue concealed carry laws. 21 states have constitutional carry laws. It's pretty clear that uh, the American people Josh Marshall, Keith Olbermann, and a few others uh, accepted, uh, do believe that the right to keep and bear arms is an individual right. And in fact, we've got millions of Americans who are embracing that right for the very first time in their lives. Uh, but the gun control activists are going to continue activating their uh, gun control schemes. A matter of fact, we're going to talk about uh, one of their latest attempts here in uh, just a moment. But before we get to that, do you miss President Trump? A lot of people do. I'm coming to you with a very special offer that you do not want to miss. Now is your chance to win one of six signed photos of President Trump. These were hand-signed by President Trump, and soon one could be hanging in your house. President Trump signed these photos. You want to make sure that all of his supporters have the chance to receive one, and now is your chance. All you have to do is text CAM to 55404 today for your chance to win a beautiful photo of President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump hand-signed by President Trump himself, again, by texting CAM to 55404 right now, you will get exclusive double entry activated for a limited time. Again, text CAM, C-A-M, to 55404 to have your name entered twice to win a hand-signed Trump photo. You don't want to miss this. The contest ends soon, paid for by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. So if gun control advocates can't ban guns, well, at least not handguns. They're going to try, of course, with uh, you know modern sporting rifles. But if the Supreme Court has said you can't ban an entire class of firearms without violating people's constitutional rights, what are gun control activists supposed to do? How about banning gun stores instead? This is not necessarily a, a new idea. We have seen localities across the country try to impose restrictions 
on gun shows or gun stores operating. Uh, in fact, when the city of Chicago's ban on handguns was struck down in 2010 in McDonald versus Chicago, one of the uh, uh, first lawsuits that was filed right afterwards uh, challenged the city of Chicago's uh, new rule, which had banned gun shows from operating inside the city limits. And a federal judge said, yeah, that's unconstitutional. So then the city went back and they said, all right, okay, fine. Uh, you can have a gun store, but it has to be limited to these certain locations right over here where, you know, nobody can get access. And uh, it's theoretically possible to put a building there, but uh, practically speaking, not really. City of Chicago was sued over those laws, too. And they lost again. And so the uh, city, by the way, city did not try to appeal those decisions. They just went back and said, all right, well, we'll just we'll just do a little tweak and see how that works. Uh, and so the current law in the city of Chicago is, yeah, OK, you can have a gun store. You can even have a gun range. But in order to get a gun store or a gun range approved, you've got to apply for a special use permit. There are all kinds of additional zoning restrictions and they're never going to get approved. So the city of Chicago has maintained its ban by another name. Uh, there are still no gun stores inside the city limits. There are no ranges inside the city limits, despite the fact that gun stores and ranges are not prohibited by law in the city of Chicago. Alameda County, California, a few years ago, passed a law that restricted new gun stores from opening up uh, within you know, a certain distance from homes or businesses or schools or churches. And it basically left the entirety of Alameda County off limits to any new gun stores. Uh, there was a lawsuit in that case as well. The Ninth Circuit said, nah, it's fine because you don't have a right to sell a gun. The Second Amendment, you know, protects the right to keep and bear them, but it doesn't protect the right to sell anybody a firearm. Uh, and if somebody wants to buy a firearm, well, I mean, there are already existing gun stores that are grandfathered in with this ordinance. So uh, nobody's Second Amendment rights are really impacted here. Supreme Court declined to hear that case. That was back when the Supreme Court was not hearing Second Amendment challenges. Uh, but we may get another crack at this in the not-too-distant future because in Newton, Massachusetts, the uh, city council there is continuing to debate whether or not to have an outright ban on gun stores. On uh, Monday, the city council met and voted down a proposed blanket ban on gun stores. There was a, a, a shop called Newton Firearms that uh, was supposed to open up back in the spring. And there was a sign on the window and everything. Uh, and that's actually what alerted some uh, uh, anti-gun residents to the fact that a gun shop was getting ready to open in their town. And they quickly mobilized and were able to put enough pressure on the city council to change the zoning laws, uh, forbidding Newton Firearms from opening up uh, in their location that they had already leased and were already working on. City council goes back and changes the rules afterwards. And the city council basically took a page from Chicago's playbook. They said, all right, um, we're not going to have a total ban. But we're going to limit gun shops operating to these three areas of the city. Which, again, right now, I don't even think there are any open available spaces in those locations. So it is still a ban by another name. But they wanted to avoid a lawsuit. So they wanted to avoid an outright ban. At least some members of the city council did. Others said, no, this doesn't go far enough. It's theoretically possible for a gun shop to still open up in town. So we need that total ban. That's what they voted on on Monday night. And by a vote of 21 to 3, the city council actually rejected that proposal. But according to the Boston Globe, quote, defeat of that measure will likely not be the last word on the issue. Last month, two other uh, council members, Emily Norton and Leonard Gentile, docketed a separate ban proposal 
that calls for adding amendments to these city's ordinances that would prohibit the sale or manufacture of firearms within the city. During Monday City Council meeting, Gentile said that the proposed gun store ban through the city ordinances was expected to be taken up in the fall. So the the really, really committed gun control activists, they're not giving up here. They want that utter ban, even though, uh, let's say, the more politically savvy gun control activists in Newton, Massachusetts, understand, OK, we're going to be inviting a lawsuit. Why, why do this? Why have a why write down? That gun stores and gun manufacturers are banned from the town when we when we can do the same thing without explicitly saying so. And we're going to be on more solid legal ground if we don't actually come right out and say we're banning gun stores. Now, personally, I kind of hope that the um, less politically astute anti-gun zealots prevail here because it would make a lawsuit easier. Uh, unfortunately, you know, even if a lawsuit were to be filed. Uh, Newton's gun ban ordinance was struck down and, uh, you know, we know what the city council would do. They would then go back and they would do exactly what they're doing right now, which is trying to manipulate these zoning laws to prevent these gun shops from opening up. You know, the legal fights are going to continue over this. But ultimately, this is a matter of activists trying to make it more difficult to exercise a civil right. I know these folks think that they're wearing the white hat here. They see themselves as the hero. We're trying to keep our community safe, right? No, they're, they're, they're not. They're trying to prevent people from exercising a constitutionally protected right. There's no moral high ground to be found there. This is disgusting, quite frankly. And it does nothing to reduce violent crime. Because in Massachusetts, I mean, look, I don't like the gun laws in Massachusetts. I think they're way too restrictive. But the gun control activists should love the gun laws in Massachusetts. They've got universal background checks. So everybody going to one of those gun shops in Newton, I mean, that's the same across the country now that I think about it. They still have to go through a background check. Not only that, though, they have to get a license. They have to be pre-approved by their local police chief in order to purchase a firearm in the state of Massachusetts. If they don't get that permission slip from their police chief, well, they can't buy a gun at retail. So they're going through multiple background checks. They're getting screened for suitability, and that's still not enough for these anti-gun activists. Because ultimately, as long as people are still able to purchase a firearm, as long as they're still able to exercise their Second Amendment rights, well, these activists have something to fight. Because ultimately, that's what it's about. It's not about one gun shop in Newton, Massachusetts. It's about your right to keep and bear arms, my right to keep and bear arms, and the laws that protect our rights. That's what the anti-gun activists are trying to undo. All right, let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our uh, good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will uh, start there, as a matter of fact, with a case out of Florida. All right, that uh, gentleman you see there on your screen is a 24-year-old Storm Royal Thayer. He's been charged with a second-degree murder. He was arrested on Tuesday night. Uh, deputies responded to a home in Sandiston, Florida, early Tuesday morning following a 911 call. When they arrived, they found a victim with multiple stab wounds, a uh, deceased woman. The Walton County Sheriff's Office uh, investigating this crime uh, conducted interviews before charging Thayer. The Walton County Sheriff's Office in a news release said, quote, Thayer has a lengthy criminal history to include burglary, grand theft, aggravated battery, and child abuse. Dude's 24 years old. 
How does he have a lengthy criminal history? The Walton County Sheriff's Office says that Thayer was released from prison back in March after serving time for the child abuse charges, so it sounds like that's the only crime that has put Thayer behind bars, and we have no idea how long that sentence was, only that he was released in March, now it's July, and he's charged with second-degree murder. So, I don't know how long he's been behind bars, but I do know this, wasn't long enough. Now, today's Armed Citizen story from Indiana, and this actually dates back to April, a uh, shooting uh, in uh, South Bend, Indiana, that took place back in April, has now been ruled a justifiable homicide. Took a couple of months, but uh, they finally reached that conclusion. Prosecutors in St. Joseph's County say that the death of David Austin uh, was, in fact, self-defense. Several witnesses said that Austin had approached the victim in this case, a 72-year-old man, uh, in a very aggressive manner, and then had punched that 72-year-old, who, fearing for his life, then drew a firearm and uh, pulled the trigger, shooting his attacker. Uh, 95.3 MNC uh, says a state law dictates that self-defense has to be disproven, uh, and it could not be in this case. The shooter himself called 911 after the incident. Well, not only was this case not disproven to be self-defense, and yes, that that should be the burden, by the way, in, in any court of law, for any crime, you are innocent until proven guilty. The burden is on the prosecutor to prove your guilt. The burden is not on the defendant to prove their innocence. That's the same whether we're talking about a, a, a shooting or a burglary or any other criminal offense. But in this case, again, you had eyewitnesses testifying that the 72-year-old man was not the aggressor in this case. That the uh, 72-year-old man was minding his own business when somebody walked up to him and began attacking him. So it wasn't even a matter of prosecutors not being able to disprove this. The evidence did not back up the idea that this 72-year-old man should have faced charges, which is why charges were never actually filed. Now, I would have preferred this investigation not take as long. Again, this was back in April, and it's now July, but uh, uh, there are good reasons why this 72-year-old will not be facing charges, primarily because he was acting in self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day from Wyoming, where an airwoman or an airman in the right place, airperson, uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing to uh, save a kidnapping victim. I mean, this is crazy. Suzanne Pedro is an installation entry controller at F.E. Warren Air Force Base. She was recognized for her life-saving actions that took place just a few weeks ago in late June. According to records, a man drove up to the gate there at the Air Force Base and handed Pedro a form of identification that she didn't really recognize. There was the adult male in the car. There was also a, a boy in that vehicle. And Pedro said that both refused to make eye contact uh, with her, which made her suspect that something was up. She said, I had a feeling that something wasn't right. Neither the man nor the child looked at me while I examined the ID. And when it flashed red for warrants, my heart began to race. So Suzanne Pedro quietly alerted her supervisors about what was going on. She directed the vehicle out of the line of traffic at the gate to prevent him from fleeing. Uh, Airman Frank Shaw then relayed information to the Base Defense Operations Center, which verified that warrants had been issued for the arrest of the guy in the car. They contacted local law enforcement to inform officers, OK, we've got this guy here. Uh, Pedro says, we were told of a weapon in the car, so my heart was racing, but I wasn't nervous. My main concern was keeping the child distracted and keeping him comfortable and happy. 
The uh, investigation is ongoing, but uh, from what Pedro has heard, it sounds like this child had been missing from his biological mother since December of last year, so six months. Major Kiel Luber, commander of the 90th Security Forces Squadron, which runs the airbase, says uh, Airman Pedro exemplifies what it means to be a defender. While not yet qualified for her on her position, she followed her instincts and training, directly contributing to the capture of a wanted criminal and the recovery of a missing child. Suzanne Pedro, meanwhile, says, I've wanted to be a police officer as long as I can remember. To have only been in the Air Force for 10 months and to get this experience that most haven't gotten in their whole careers, it's been amazing. I'm thankful for everyone on my flight who's helped teach me. I'm also thankful for my parents for supporting me in my dreams. So again, uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Suzanne Pedro of the U.S. Air Force, we thank you for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Bearing Arms. All you got to do is go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. We make it really easy. Uh, you can use the promo code GUNS, get 25% off of your VIP membership. That's going to give you exclusive analysis, commentary, and more. We got a piece uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, about uh, San Francisco and some of their funny numbers when it comes to uh, crime stats, maybe cooking the books just a little bit. We uh, break down those statistics and tell you why they look so off. But that's the type of stuff that you can find. And of course, with your support, we're able to bring you programs like this each and every day. So thank you for being a VIP member. And we'll see you back here tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free. Be free.